Hello and welcome to Improving Scottish Football. My name is Kieran, and today on the podcast, I'm chatting to Erin Grieve, who is a solicitor advocate who works in the football industry. She's a qualified referee, and she is a lifelong Aberdeen fan. So obviously, there's going to be a fair amount of Aberdeen chat in this. Apologies, Hibs fans. Uh, but there are parallels that can apply to pretty much every SPFL club here. So we're going to be talking about a whole range of different stuff, including Scottish clubs beginning to have better scouting networks uh, and beginning to exploit untapped markets, which is something I think we're, we're beginning to see more and more. And it's nice, given the fact that for so many years, most of our SPFL clubs are competing against the likes of League One, League Two clubs in England. So it's nice to see us doing something a bit different. We're also going to talk about the importance of strategic direction at board level when it comes to running SPFL clubs. And we're also going to be having a conversation about sexism and misogyny in Scottish football because unfortunately it is still something that is really prevalent and Erin, like many women, get abuse for just being football fans. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already and also please leave a review as well, preferably a positive one. Let's keep this going. Let's improve Scottish football. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Erin Grieve. Erin, how are you? I am splendid. Thank you. Great. And you've got extra reason to be splendid because of the result yesterday as we've as we're recording it. Uh, yes, it was uh, good. It wasn't, I think, the kind of game you'd want to watch back in. If you've never seen football before and someone said to you, watch your first game, watch this one. I think you'd maybe wonder what people bothered with. But it's like scoring goals and we scored more goals than they scored. So there we go. Lovely. Well, congratulations. Well done getting to the final. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but I literally can't predict what any Aberdeen result is going to be at the moment. It seems to be a bit all over the place. Is that fair? Absolutely mad. So we, opening day of the season, so excited. It is like, Christmas Eve, you've got like your new kits, you're all like done your fancy team, everyone's all excited. I've put five pounds on to Aberdeen to win the league, which actually has worked <laughs> out. If I do that every season though, I think if I continue to do it for about another 30 years, I could still break even at some point. So what, 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 were, season, what were the odds? 150 to one this season, to be fair. Okay. Less last it was about 200 to one last season at least. But there was all the excitement, and you know, you've got Quite a lot of new players. We hadn't really had any opportunity to see what most of them were like, either other than a couple of preseason friendlies, because we went straight into the league, no Europe or Cup before. So everyone was quite excited. And then the Livy game wasn't great, and it's just been very odd since then. It's odd, and the players are all good. But then it's the same players that were playing at Kelly on Sunday who won at Motherwell. It's very strange. It's all fun, though, isn't it? Keeps everyone on their toes. Well, yeah. Definitely. Don't get Aberdeen on the coupon. There's no point. Leave us alone. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I just, I just can't work it out. I mean, on the face of it, you know, when I was looking at Aberdeen at the beginning of the season, I thought the player recruitment was really interesting. And to be honest, I was quite excited to see what Aberdeen were going to do, because for a change, you know, you were seemingly thinking outside of the norm when it came to you know player recruitment because a lot of the time SBFL clubs i.e not your 
non-Celtic and Rangers tend to be shopping in the kind of, I don't know, League One market potentially. But what Aberdeen went out and did was shop in some unusual markets like Slovenia, um, Serbia. What, what did you think of of how you guys recruited and, and how those players have kind of turned out? Yeah, we've got a whole kind of new recruiting um, scouting squad um, a subsection, I think, of the football monitoring board. So it's all very, um, it's it's all very different because I think we're just approaching it differently. I think we're looking at kind of scouting maybe more than we were before. The thing is, is well, these things cost money. I think people forget players cost money, but it also costs money to have a person who's employed by the club and yeah, it's not just one person who goes abroad, who travels, who goes to games, who deals with all of this. So it's and it's a big investment to make and you have to hope that obviously off the back of that you bring in money from things like Europe which is actually brilliant um, you know cups and things but I think it's hard because if you get players from League One and we've all we've done that a lot and it's players that know it's really hard of playing in England and you, you, it's easier to go and have a look at what they're like which like, I saw a few clips of a couple of players we brought in but hardly anything else and you just don't know also generally when you have signed someone, the clips are going to be fairly decent. No one is showing someone's like disaster real, are they? Um, but I hadn't seen a huge amount of most of them. The big one, I think, is the difference, actually, which is not a big exciting point signing. Nicky Devlin has been outstanding. I think he's probably our best signing. Leave aside Shane and Clarkson, who obviously weren't new entirely. They came back. I think Devlin's been brilliant. But actually, the other one, Boyan Mayowski, has come back from what looked like a horrendous injury to be unbelievable. It shows that, I mean, we're willing to spend time and money in the actual signing of the players as opposed to just the players themselves. I mean, it's all well and good to pay, you know, buy players and pay wages and things, but we're doing a lot of work behind the scenes in that, which is promising. Hopefully it means there'll be less terrible signings and wasted wages. And sometimes it just takes time and maybe to bed in. It's hard to move to Aberdeen as well. You know, attracting players to Aberdeen is a I think difficult because the players come to Scotland, they want to go to Central Bell. So mm. there's a lot of work involved behind the scenes to get to that point. But I think we also seem to have a team that are playing well together and seem to be enjoying it, which is important because I want to enjoy it. And I think if the players are enjoying it on the park, we're more likely to enjoy it off the park. Yeah. So has the club invested more than in the scouting network? I have you got like more scouts or how you, you said there was extra resources how are they actually yes yeah, so dave cormax talked about this a little bit i think we've just got more staffing allocated to actually scouting going out looking for players i mean i saw um something earlier actually coincidentally this morning that i think there'd been some chat on i think it was an english football program about manager kind of managers involvement in picking the players not as in the squad but as in signing players mm-hmm. and obviously i think that's important but i think you need a wider team you need people with experience you also want people with experience in different positions going out to look for different positions a lot goes on behind the scenes that people i think are maybe easy to forget about when things on the pitch aren't looking great but definitely good to see some kind of different signings i feel as though we have yeah changed things a little bit um can't remember so i did see someone say how many nationalities we've got players and it's fun when they all like quite like when we go on international duty because i think one you're still training and playing but it's really nice to see, especially when the club will be like, oh, um, so-and-so started today, or Mayofsky scored, or Duke came off the bench. It's really nice. 
Don't get injured on international duty, though. <laughs> but you're allowed to go. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm so excited. The fact, just just the fact that we're starting to look outside the box, and clubs like Aberdeen are starting to look at different markets because, I mean, obviously Celtic, you know, they yeah, Japan. On, you know, I want a player from Japan now as well. Brilliant. Yeah, and obviously oh. Hearts, and obviously Hearts have kind of copied mm-hmm. that uh, a little bit as well. So it's just it's just nice that we're. Um, looking outside of just the usual shop windows because there is value to be found in these you know kind of slightly untapped markets and also i also quite like the age profiles as well that you've kind of been going for because you know i think rubizic is 23 sokler's 24 miofsky's 23 and you've got clarkson 21 duke 22 these are all guys who in theory you can develop play for a couple of years get some european experience and then hopefully sell them on for you know maybe something in the four or five million pound range something along those lines anyway and start getting that player trading model to you know ticking along yeah so i think looking at other markets brilliant because i think also it's really good because i feel like when you start seeing clubs look at other markets you start then seeing other clubs from those countries so like you'll see highlights from or someone will post a video from someone at their former club and it's really good to see what football's like in other countries. And lots of countries as well that I think, if you say countries that are good at football, people name the usual. The, you've got your South American ones, you've got France, Spain, Germany, those kind of ones. But actually, look at some of the players. I mean, Kyogo's brilliant. And I don't think people would think of Japan when they're talking about the countries that are particularly good at football because in the World Cup, you tend to have the same kind of teams around there towards the end. It is really good to see, and I think it is really interesting. Also, I love seeing what football's like in other countries. I love hearing mm-hmm. what like, the food that they have and what their games experience are like. It's really interesting. Um, in terms of the player sales, we are doing brilliantly. It's great. Making money all over the place. Lewis Ferguson, who make us a fortune. He's now the joint top Scottish scorer in Serie A on 10 with Dennis Law. Do you, do you have a sell-on fee for him if he moves on from Bologna? 100%, yeah. Okay, that's good. Okay. Juve came in last summer for him, I'm pretty sure, with quite a big amount. There was, well, there was rumours that they had. And then Bologna got him signed to 2026. He will go somewhere else because he will want to go to a bigger name club, which is understandable. But, and he will be able to. He is genuinely growing. He's at, I want to say, 24. And he's got a 10-year career left in him, at least. He's brilliant. Um, we have made a lot of money from Scott McKenna and Forrest, obviously, staying up. Um, brilliant. Sam Cosgrove. I mean, in terms of like the cost and then the sale, two million pounds is absolutely insane. And I'm not sure he's doing much at the moment, but <laughs> um, a brilliant sell. Also, um, who else? We had Calvin Ramsey. We had uh, Ross McCrory, who was basically a trade for Scott Wright, and then two million pounds. So we have done really well, and it's hard because did I want Lewis Ferguson? Not really. He's brilliant. But what I do like is saying Polonia, the way they tweet about him, they love him so mm. much and it's so nice no it's good i think things are definitely in that sense the kind of like overall running the club alan burrows one of the best acquisitions we will make um he is exceptional the stuff he does kind of the community side the non-footballing side he was uh, brilliant motherwell and i think that's made a big difference yeah good i think generally there's a lot of positivity football just needs to be a bit more consistent yeah, well, we'll come on to Alan Burrows and uh, and the kind of board and strategic direction in, in in a minute. Just to touch more on a little bit about the kind of the current playing situation, because yeah, I'm I, you know from 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 a neutral's perspective, I am trying to get my head around. Well, I guess fundamentally, 
is Robson a good coach or a good manager? And I guess, you know, this is a bit of a thing, not just for Aberdeen, but a Scottish football thing in general, is that sometimes we just pick our managers uh, based on who, on who knows the club. And often it's like the first person who, <laughs> the, the club see that they recruit, right? And yeah, look at Hearts. I mean, they've done a, um, other teams oh, have done it. Oh, there's, time. A, yeah, there's a, People a whole. People call it the cheap option, but it's, I think sometimes there's an element of that because managers are expensive. Look at Rangers, very expensive to turn through managers. But there's also the, and then people say, oh, the easy option. Well, yes, yeah, it is an easy option because you don't have to go and try to find a manager, which you can't do overnight either. It's like signing players. It's very hard to get a manager in overnight. But it is also, like you say, the person you see who's there at the club and knows the players already and knows who they are and is someone who is there and available. Yeah. I, I'm just going to clarify just <laughs> just briefly what I said about the, um, you know, the, the Scottish um, managers or, or the easy option. You know, I'm not saying we shouldn't, you know, employ these guys and, and give Scottish managers a chance. Obviously, I want Scottish managers to, um, in an ideal world, obviously, to be in charge of our clubs and to be in charge of other clubs abroad. I guess my concern is the fact that it's just so prevalent. You know, you mentioned Hearts, but, you know, other recent examples, obviously, you've got McLean at St. Johnson, you had Hamill at Motherwell, you know, even Neil Lennon at Celtic. Obviously, they went for the easy option there and possibly even Beal you know, to an extent as well, you know, it's, I think it fans, popular I think, hire. sometimes it's easier to hire who you think the fans want. Yeah. I think fans really, you know, want, want their clubs just to do due, due diligence. And actually at least if you are going to go and, you know, hire a Robson or whoever, you at least want them to know that the club has gone out and spoken to other candidates and that so they Dave are. Cormack uh, came out and said that with the Robson thing, you know, he, we gave him a temporarily. The reason he got the job permanently is because we had been doing the usual recruiting process. Was it Robson who said that about you? I think so. Said about, I'm sure we said about someone else. Oh, glass. Um, which was not great. I mean, I think we are probably slightly harder at the moment because we had McInnes for so long and we had not been a club that was turning through managers where others were. Mm. And so we've had, what, four now in the last... When did McInnes leave? So had four in the last kind of three years. But... I agree. I think it is great to have Scottish managers, Scottish coaches, Scottish players all doing well. But I, I don't think it should be a case of, oh, but, but they're Scottish and we like them at the club, so we'll give them the job because sometimes they're not going to be the right person for the job. I think Robson has, um, yeah, I think he has lots of positive attributes and I would like him to do well, hmm. but I don't think we can be, it's, it's hard to be very loyal to managers that you like because you also need to be doing your job. I, Stephen Glass seemed like a very nice man, but wasn't obviously going to be good enough. Costa Coglu has both. I would have him. Brilliant manager, <laughs> nice guy in the world. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. But that's, that is an example of a club doing something a bit different as well. Well, exactly. This is it. You know, who'd really heard of him? I think, and I'm pretty sure I saw fans from all sorts of clubs in Scotland saying, what are Celtic playing at? Ha ha, that's, you know, on Rangers, oh, that's us won the league. And he turned out to be, and look at Spurs, absolutely fine. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, I, I think we were so lucky, you know, just generally at Scot in Scotland, um, obviously, I guess less so if you're a Rangers fan, but we were lucky to have him in, in our game for a couple of years. I think he really was a breath of fresh air. And I, I genuinely think that he or, you know, that strategic decision and the players that the Celtic brought in have really helped shift quite a bit of mindset around Scotland to, for, for other clubs to 
start thinking outside the box. Um, so I tell you what, let's let's move on to that kind of strategic direction aspect. Then, um, you know, Aberdeen obviously under Dave Cormack, and obviously they've got Alan Burrows now. Are you noticing then a a more positive shift in kind of strategy, in transparency, in engagement? Yeah, I think um, Dave Cormack's quite involved, which um, good. You want to see. I mean, sometimes I think people. Oh, don't be on the radio, no need for that tonight. After I was at the Dundee game, he went on Sports Sound and I thought, oh, Dave, please don't. Um, but he's joked about that, I think, a couple of times himself. Um, you know, he's made comments, but he's quite active on Twitter, which can be risky, but I actually think is good. He loves the club. And, you know, there's a lot of people who own football clubs who do it for, I mean, I don't think anyone can do it to make money because most clubs, I don't think any clubs, do any clubs make money? I think you're doing it because you have money to, to burn. But, you know, in Scotland, certainly, a lot of clubs, the ownership's all kind of a lot of different different clubs, but in Scotland, you know, Dave Cormack is a huge Aberdeen fan, absolutely loves the club, and you can tell that. He has brought in Alan Burrows, who is excellent, and the engagement, I just think it's, the engagement's really good, but other little things, so something will happen, and everyone's speculating and saying, oh, why is this happening, what's this? Um, not a very dramatic one, but the Sterling game is an example of this, when it got moved to the Friday night. Everyone's having a meltdown. Why is it Friday? Quite like it, actually, a Friday night game, I think. It's quite good fun. Um, but everyone was just having a meltdown. Oh, why is it Friday night? Um, and normally that would go on for days and there would be speculation and dramas and someone would, some would make something ridiculous up and then there would be a big, oh, there's been a falling hour, so-and-so that. Like, there's always rubbish. But straight away, Alan said, oh, the Sterling Highland Games are on Saturday. They asked if we could play on Friday night. We said, yes. Gives us an extra day for... Was it, it must have been Europe. I think it was happening that week. So, you know, that kind of thing, which is minor. But it's good to see the club saying, oh, by the way, this is why we're doing this, or this is what's happened with this player, or when you summer, when we were like, there was players we were being linked with all the time. And I think there was someone that we didn't sign. I'm trying to remember who it was now. Someone we didn't sign. And Alan Burr's kind of said, we've been trying for months. Unfortunately, it fell through. There was a lot of work in it. So this does happen. I think it's good. I think it makes it easier if the fans understand what's going on. Fans aren't arguing amongst themselves. Um, and also, I think... Some of the stuff you don't need to know, it's not really your business, but you know, a lot of the stuff that goes on at the club, well, fans spend a lot of money and a lot of time. You know, it's a huge financial and emotional investment. Mm -hmm. And I think you do want to kind of know what's going on, what's the plan. We do a lot of stuff. Um, the community trusts us brilliantly. And I think um, Alan Burrows was excellent at Motherwell and all the kind of community things they do. So that's going to be a big boost for us as well. I, I think lots and lots of positives, just slightly, slightly need to do better at the football. Is the main thing, but <laughs> good. Like even just little things, like our strips. The this season strips are incredible. Last season were brilliant as well. But the little things like that, you know, stuff that we've been doing at games. We do lots of stuff for kids and things, trying to get people involved. But generally, I would say things are better than they were. You know, look at back at when did we last when we cut ten years ago. A lot has happened in ten years, and overall, I think there's lots and lots of positives. Yeah, this is it. I I think I think hopefully you guys are generally going in the right direction. Um, because I think arguably maybe over the last, you know, 15, 20 years, there's probably been missed opportunities, you know, for Aberdeen, you know, in terms of, yeah, one league cup win. And, you know, every year, as I do with all Scottish clubs, I'm just desperate for you guys to get into, you know, European group stage competition, which of course you are in, you know, this year. But, you know, every year, you know, I'm sitting there just, you know, willing you to get through through the qualifiers. 
because the money that that would bring in for a club like Aberdeen is is huge. So I guess hopefully it's a case of trying to move on from those missed opportunities of the past and try and do try and do something a bit different, which I think I think is happening, you know, as we've talked about, you know, everything from, you know, the player trading through to, you know, better strategic direction from the board. Yeah, I think um we're moving in the right direction. There are lots and lots of positives. Um, you know, selling players for the amount of money we've been selling them for and then actually then buying players. I mean, there are clubs that you think they must have money in the bank, why aren't they buying anyone? I think St Johnson look like they must have cash, but don't seem to have done anything with it, which is strange. Um Although I think it looks like Craig Levine's going there, which great fun for everyone. <laughs> Mark McGee would have been another one I would have enjoyed, but I oh mean, no, Levine's God no! Quite, please, uh, please do not let Mark McGee back in discussion. It was very me. funny when he went to Dundee, so everyone enjoyed it. And Craig Levine's, I would say, though quite uh, um, interesting. Should be good to have him back. It'd be a good laugh. Okay, right. I want to turn on to a completely different subject? Well, not a completely different subject, but um, sexism, misogyny in in Scottish football. This is something that's pretty rarely talked about but it is prevalent as it is in a lot of society in general can you give us a bit of an overview as, as you see it Erin regarding the problem that we that we have in Scottish football yeah I think there's been a misconception generally um, and it's not just Scotland um, you see it in England's quite powerful as well there's a misconception that can't know anything about women, uh, football if you're a woman, that you... I don't think it's odd because people like, do you pretend to like it? No, I often don't like it. And also, would you not pick a club that was, like, good? Like, I feel like you would. Like, if you decided you were just going to, like, oh, I want to get into football, I feel <laughs> like you'd, and you could just choose anyone. I mean, you can't choose your football team, that's what they say, sadly. And often I think people wish they could. Um, but that's the thing, I mean... There is, a, I think, a misconception that football shouldn't be for everyone. And I think that is a pity. In some ways, I think it's getting slightly better. I saw um, there was a really nice um, a dad's little girl. She was maybe like four-ish. It's hard to tell. Four. Let's say she was four. She's quite she's really young. And it was at the toilet. It was halftime and I was going to the toilet. And he said um, she didn't want to go on her own. She was really nervous. But he didn't want to go in the women's toilet. So he said, oh, it's okay if she goes in with you. Which I thought it was quite trusting, but nice. And she was lovely, and she had her like she had the weight top on. She was like, um, do you like? And I was like, I've got that one as well. She was like, just great. And she was with her dad. It was like her second game or something. He was like, I'm really pleased. She likes it. She said it's loud but really good. I can't remember what the result was. Was that the Hibs game? Oh God, I hope not. But she was like, just so excited. It was so great. And I thought, do you know what? Like in, God, I was gonna say in thirty years. That is depressing to think, isn't it? But you know, I hope she is in thirty years still going. I hope she still loves it because we need people to go. We need fans there. And it is really nice to see. And she was so chuffed. She's like, oh, thank you so much. You know, it's great I get to take her. It's great I get to do this. My dad and I go to every game at home. Um, it's nice because it means I live in Edinburgh now, so it means that I see my dad basically every fortnight. And it's brilliant. It's my absolute, like, best thing. And I think there's such a misconception that, like, it matters what someone like. If I want to go to the football and I want to go and enjoy it, why does that bother you? Like, one, if it, you support Aberdeen, you should be delighted anyone's going because the club needs supporters and money, so you should be thrilled. If you don't support Aberdeen, again, why do you care? It's got nothing to do with you. You know, there's plenty, there's men I know that don't like football, and I'm not saying, oh, why don't you like football? That's ridiculous. It's weird. I can understand why they don't. It's often not that enjoyable. 
it's really stressful. It's also really expensive and really tiring. But it is also great. You know, it's stuff like Ibrox, not great to go to, don't really like it. Also, it's so expensive thing. Like £34. Um, but worth every single penny when you go and you win. So I just, my kind of, if someone isn't, like me going to the football isn't bothering anyone. So why do you care? Do you not have other things to do? I often just wonder if these people are very bored. Always people as well. It's never anyone's real name or their real photo, is it, on Twitter? Having a go at someone else? No, never. Yeah. No. It's funny because people are always like, oh, it's probably because they're worried about their job. People don't have jobs because all they're doing all day <laughs> being rude to women on the internet. Probably, probably using their mum's internet. And I bet she doesn't know what you're doing on the internet. No, she'd be furious. Stop it. Leave everyone alone. Let everyone just have a nice time. Yeah, I mean, you've got to really wonder about some of these people. But I mean, some of them genuinely do have, you know, good, um, good jobs. I mean, some some of these people actually um, are in quite high power jobs. I remember the um, when the uh, English in in the year in the final of of the Euros when three black oh, the players, stuff to yeah, and and. Oh, and somebody Horrible. did somebody did some digging into someone who was sending racist tweets and they managed to dig out his linkedin profile and you know he's some sort of like high profile manager at some top company and obviously was subsequently sacked but yeah i think you just have to be really quite sad and unhappy in your life to try and take other people down to make yourself feel better uh so it's... i and i know a lot of people say oh imagine going and doing that and getting someone's out don't be a racist like the person who's in the wrong here is the person who's a racist. And also, I wouldn't want to work with a racist, so I'd be quite happy for you to, like, great. Good. Like, I don't know, I think... I can understand the point of, oh, just ignore it, you know, that kind of thing. But it, all those, like, horrible racist comments, they were vile, you know, the ones you talk about, absolutely vile. No, sorry. Like, what do you expect? People are like, oh, it's such a shame. He's going to lose his job now. But you could have avoided that by not being a racist. Mm-hmm. Or, at the absolute most, if you have to be racist because you genuinely... I don't have some kind of hatred inside you. Keep it yourself. Don't put it on the internet. Leave people alone. There's just mm. no need. And I actually think a lot of stuff has got worse. I think you see a lot of the racist stuff is worse. And I don't understand how we're going backwards in that regard. Why? It's absolutely mad to me. Um, bizarre. I mean, we had the show Racism Red Car campaign. Annoyingly, I mean, we had loads of games went off. But, you know, what, I just, it absolutely baffles me. One, one of our fans something camera it was um that motherwell game and i was like are you joking and he did, did have a lot of, you know i think he was like oh uh, i didn't i didn't really mean nothing enough like no need i don't mind players being called absolutely terrible if they are absolutely terrible but what does the color like what does the color of skin matter how bad they are at football mm-hmm. Not, like i just find it very strange and i do think it looks as though there's lots of that um it looks like it's getting worse. I've seen that there's um, a girl I really like who's um, a West Ham fan on Twitter and she's loads of stuff and she's great. She was at the final. I'm so happy for her. It looked brilliant. Like, just really nice. But, you know, you do see people saying, oh, it's embarrassing. Oh, oh, heaven, oh wear makeup to football, by the way. Everyone's raging about that. A lot of people have a lot of time with their hands. So sorry, people, 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 sorry, people don't like you wearing makeup to football? People aren't a big fan of that, no. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. that's a very, it's spe- a very weird specific thing to be to be mad about. People, it, oh, this, the amount of specific things people have been really mad about is bizarre. Like, it's, but it is. I think it is just, and like you say, like how do you have this time? There's lots of things I'm raging about. I'm very annoyed about um, games getting moved to twelve o'clock on Sunday. Stupid. I'm annoyed about us losing stupid games and 
2-0 up, 3-2 down. Again, be annoyed about that. That's fine. There's plenty of things to be annoyed about. I'm annoyed that my recycling gets collected at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. But that's fine. Don't be annoyed about other people having a nice time at the football. Leave them alone. Hmm. Stop it. But also, like, I just think, if you, like, have kids that you want to bring to the football as well, I don't want people to be put off doing that because they think little girls aren't going to be welcome or because they think people are going to, like, you know, say horrible stuff. I don't want someone who isn't white thinking they can't go to football because everyone there is racist. It's horrendous. Yeah, it's really, really deeply embarrassing, and it is. It is really embarrassing, and hopefully, I think people are being a lot stricter on that. Clubs are banning people very quickly for stuff. Not even just um, it was. Did you see the horrible um, the little boy who died, Bradley? I forget his surname. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but those photos being held up. Nope, that is. <laughs> and then people were saying, "Oh, hardly um, worth banning them for." Is it? No, no do you ban them because I, I was. A fan of the guy. I wouldn't want them there either. Thank you. I think he, I think he might have gone to court as well, actually. Yeah, and I, I want to say pleaded not guilty, which but I think one of them might have pleaded not guilty, which absolutely baffled me. Um, but you know that kind of thing. Well, I mean, it's not just football. To be fair, but I saw this week someone addressed um as the Manchester Arena bomber for Halloween. Like, what's wrong with people? Oh my god. I mean, I know you always get people that are a bit like just don't, but can we all just stop it? Yeah. Everything. Country's a mess. Everything's a mess. Everything is as bad. As it has ever been without people doing this. Can't even just be nice to everyone. Hey, what yeah. goes through your mind? Like it just it just just baffled me. And I think sad because there's so many positives in football that are ruined by the stuff that people see. And I mean, if you weren't a football fan, you solved this. Well, this is why football fans are grouped into being, oh, they're all a nightmare, they're all this that, because that's what people see. But actually, we do loads of clubs do so many good things, loads of charitable things, loads of work in the community. Loads of work to support different groups. Aberdeen's got lots of initiatives. Motherwell are good for this. Loads of clubs, brilliant. You know, Celtic raised loads for charity and stuff. They're a huge club. Lots of good things going on. You know, youth football, youth development, um, loads of it. But it is all kind of ruined when people can't behave themselves. Let people have a nice time, behave yourself. Yeah. And is that sexism and misogyny just, do you find it mainly online on Twitter or does it extend into live games as well? Oh, no, it's online because these people wouldn't say anything to you in their life. Right, okay. And I think a lot of these people aren't at games. Like, because if you were, like, I, I don't, I think a lot of the people who do it don't actually bother going to games because they don't really care. I think they're, I don't even think they're bothered about football or when liking football. I think they just don't like seeing other people have a nice time. I think if you're deeply miserable, you would be jealous if someone looks like they're having a nice time. I get that. And I think a lot of these people genuinely are. I mean, nameless profiles, you know, no photos and stuff. And I always been talking about needing ID for social media. I'm not sure how practical that is, but I'm not sure how against that I am either. Because why do you need to be doing a hide a hidden secret profile? What are you so worried about? Mm. And it is most of them are worried that their mum's going to find out what they're doing using her internet, <laughs> spare bedroom. Yeah, yeah. No, it isn't like, and it is generally. I find it is just it's just pointless stuff as well. You know, I don't mind if someone says to me, "I don't agree that was offside," or "I don't agree with you that wasn't a yellow," or "I actually think we weren't good today," or. I don't think Johnny Hayes is that great. I've stuck up Johnny Hayes all season, but that's stopped, to be fair now. But I don't mind people saying that. That's absolutely fine. I don't expect you to agree with most of what I say. But I do expect you to simply leave people alone, to go to the football and have a next time. Stop it. There we go. If everyone yeah, could yeah. just stop it. Also, call it out when you see it, please. Like, yeah. if you're a man on the internet and you see it, maybe just say, well, could you pack it in? And if you well, see it in real life, it doesn't happen in real life that often. Again, say to your, if your pals do it, say to them what you're playing at. 100%. Don't be pals with people who do that. Why would you want to? Yeah, That's what we need to do more of. 
Yeah, hundred hundred percent. And this often gets phrased as, "Oh, this is a battle for women," uh, or you know, a, a, a woman, you know, a fight for women. No, it, it is absolutely on us men to correct. It's it's for you. It, it's, Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's more for us. We absolutely have to, you know, have to call out and yeah. Um, if a woman says to a man, "Can you stop this? Not appropriate. It's not acceptable. It's not how to behave." Don't listen. If a man says it to them, they actually might think. Do you know what may be right, especially if it's your pals. Big time. And don't be pals with people like that. Mm-hmm. Not necessary. Not nice. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone should be a bit nicer to everyone. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be lovely. But that's the thing. Like social media being great, it's really fun. There's loads of people I've met there. It's really good. I'm very happy to have a discussion about things being penalties or not penalties or offside or not offside or cards and things. That's interesting. Great, lovely. And I don't, um, you know, people say, "Oh, I don't think you're right about that." Fine, don't mind. Lovely to have a discussion about it. Wasn't a penalty for Chester, by the way. But I feel like that's fine. Don't that is absolutely great. And I like seeing what people think. You know, people's opinions of their own club. I love seeing what people think about their clubs. And you don't see a huge amount of that, I think, because you tend to see the stuff you follow. So I mainly have content. So I like doing stuff like podcasts where you hear from other clubs and you think, you know, what's going on. It's really interesting. And we can all have that and we can all enjoy that. But we all just need to be a little bit nicer. Mm. Okay, right. I think this is probably us coming towards the end of the podcast, Erin. Uh, I've thoroughly... oh, a very difficult question. Oh, uh, yeah, it's the very difficult question. Um, okay, so if you had a magic wand and you could change one thing about Scottish football, what would it be? This is actually genuinely so hard because I thought, so a couple of things. One, 20s plenty campaign I quite like. I do think um, we should be capping ticket prices they're getting out of hand and also I kind of think well realistically the smaller clubs need money more don't they so should they not charge more than other ones less um, they've got a cap in European away games 25 euros and Finland have charged that because that was like 22 pounds or something Greece have not it was like 12 pounds um, we have but we've not applied it to the home fan tickets so interesting um, I do like the I think the, if Celtic I think started did they not ironically given they've just paid 33 pounds to go and sit behind a pillar um, but I think <laughs> I think that is not a bad campaign and I wouldn't mind seeing that take off more. I mean, that was all, but suddenly, you know, oh, we're currently charging 30, so that's... Temp- more people will go. More people will go. You'll sell more tickets. You um, Also, the whole away support thing with um, percentages and the hearts, look what hearts are doing. Um, I don't think you have to give away your whole stadium and I think some Mirren have done really well to change what they were doing. But also, what are we going to do? Just have no away fans. That's what we're getting to. It's pointless. Um, so I think that needs to be probably looked at because there's there's limit um there's a minimum for the cups and things. And I know in Europe there's a lot of places have a minimum amount. I think England do as well, do they not? So they're not five percent or it's three thousand, whatever's higher. So I think we need to look at that. Big thing I think is oh, see, I've thought about this for a while and I thought, sure, like is it the pies? But the pies are all right. I think the league, I think we need to have more than twelve teams. I think probably most people would agree that we are, I think we're underselling Scottish football slightly by making it boring, but it's quite repetitive. Oh, sorry. We played Rangers seven times a couple of seasons ago because we played them four times in the league, in the League Cup, and then before they scrapped Scottish Cup, we played. That was a good idea, by the way. That should have been done beforehand. But we played them twice in the Scottish Cup. Absolutely nonsense. Everyone's bored. Also, the split is weird. I like it in a way because it's fun. Like, it's mad. But trying to explain it to people in England, they think we're crazy. One of our friends are like, oh yeah, you do that weird thing, don't you? And I was like, no, we do do that weird thing, yeah. 
Um, I think it makes it, and people say, oh, but you'd lose the revenue. Like small clubs are the revenue. Let's say you are Livingston and you have, you get bottom six. Celtic come to you twice. Well, the difference will be that they just come once. Because it, I, do, I, I mean, I've not, I've not done the workings out, to be fair. I've not done the maths for it. Someone else could do that for me. But I do think in principle, we need to have like 18, 20, 20, let's say 20, like England, play each other twice. I don't want to go to the same place four times, three times, four times. Hmm. I think we should have, yeah, 18 or 20. 20 would be really good, but 18 would be nice. And then we can just rejig it off. I mean, I'm not going to do this, by the way. I'm not suggesting that I implement it. Someone else will do the work for it. But I think we should be doing it. So I haven't, I haven't gone into detail. I've not worked all night. No, I think the majority of Scottish football fans agree that restructuring the league would probably be a good thing. Um, and speaking of working it all out and the maths of it, Funnily enough, I've already done that. So there's so there a, we go, perfect. See, yeah, there we go. Not, so, not for me to dabble in. So yeah, there's, there's a previous episode uh, that I did, which is probably about episode five or so. And it's actually with someone who's actually worked out different scenarios and how it would work. I love this. Yeah. Right, I'm interested and, in that. Because I don't believe it's like, I don't believe it is fatal to clubs the way they kind of make out. You know, if mm-hmm. you have, if you are Livingston, who I know have sell a huge amount of away sport tickets and you, or you play Celtic, um, Celtic come to you, and then you go to Celtic Park, and Celtic come to you again. Okay, fine. But even unless you're top six, well, also even if you are top six, you don't going to only have people at home twice, are you know. So you miss one game's revenue, but you'll have revenue from other teams to make it up, and also people. I think people would go more. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, believe mathematically it's the nightmare people talk about for smaller no, clubs. No, it I also be. think we'll get more money. There'll be more TV money. Exactly. I will have to put on games that aren't just the games that they currently put on, and then us versus Kamarnik for some reason. I think they've done that. I saw someone tweet this, and it was quite funny. They were like, "Why has Sky done that?" And then someone had said, "Surely it's because everyone complains that they only show Celtic and Rangers. So if they show the worst game there is, <laughs> people say no, put Celtic and Rangers back on." <laughs> but. I think there will be. I think it'd be much more interesting. Yep. I think I think we should be looking at restructuring the league, and I think we should be looking at ticket prices. Um, also, think we should. Um, we'd be interested actually in safe pyro because Germany have it, don't they? Yeah. Yep. And it looks absolutely class, but it needs to be safe, and that's the issue. It's currently not safe. Absolutely right. Well, that that's a great answer. And a great way to finish this episode. So thank you, Aaron. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Um, cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Aaron. Um, really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who was listening. <laughs>